What's good? Welcome to another episode of The Will Ford Show. Let's have some fun here tonight. I'm going to do my first NFL mock draft of 2021. The draft coming up here at the end of April. And I'm going to do the first 10 picks in this episode. Next episode will be the next 10. And then we'll do the last 12 uh, in another episode. Kind of break this up a little bit. I'm not going to do a you know, a full 32-team mock draft in in one episode. That's just going to be way too long, but we're going to do the first 10 picks here in this episode. Thanks for joining me here on the Will Ford Show. And this show's sponsor, Pure Leaf Peach Hibiscus Tea. Just kidding. It's not actually a sponsor. It's just what I'm drinking, and it's really good. Um, wish they were a sponsor, but let's get into this. All right, I'm so, so excited. I think it is so interesting with the quarterbacks, the amount of quarterback talent that we have in this first round, I think is the most quarterback talent we've had in a, that's been this highly touted in a long time. Now the draft with Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen was pretty talented, but really only a couple of those guys have amounted to anything. Those guys being Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield a little bit, but Rosen and Darnold haven't done anything yet. But with these guys, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, I mean, there's a lot of debate about where three or four of these guys could fall. The number one pick, I think, is pretty unanimous. But the rest of it, it's not that cut and dry. But let's dive into this. We're going to do the first 10 picks of my 2021 mock drafts. And of course, I'm going to update this as the month goes on. This is not going to be the the only time you hear about me talking about a mock draft, but the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one, Trevor Lawrence, clearly, right? I mean, Urban Meyer is the quarterback whisperer. He's been fantastic at developing quarterbacks in college. And Lawrence seems like a prodigy, a once in a generation talent, maybe the best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning coming out of college. Lawrence goes one, doesn't really need much explanation, even though I just gave you one. Number two, I I think, my, me personally, I believe Justin Fields is the next best quarterback in the draft. He's played much better competition than a guy like Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. And he's a, a tough kid, plays through injuries. I mean, against Clemson, he that targeting call, he got hit in the, like in the spleen, like in the back or the hip or whatever it was. I don't even know. Got hit really hard with the helmet, was out for one play, came back in, threw a strike for a touchdown against the Tigers, and really, during that game, even with the injury, played better than Trevor Lawrence for three hours. So, I mean, really, I consider Justin Fields, it's not like Trevor Lawrence is A and Justin Fields is B. I think it's Trevor Lawrence 1A, Justin Fields 1B. And Justin Fields is a little more unique than Lawrence with his ability to move outside of the pocket. I I just, his athleticism and his ability to, to just shift and move I think is better than Lawrence, but of course Lawrence has got the better arm. He's more accurate and whatnot, but I don't think the Jets are going to go Justin Fields here. I think they're going to go Zach Wilson from BYU. Like I said, didn't play a lot of great competition just because it's BYU. It's not Ohio State or another Big Ten team or an SEC school, but Wilson's got a, a rocket for an arm, very accurate, elevates guys around him. I mean, he elevated BYU to a I mean, a notable program. We weren't talking about BYU last year. Now we're talking about BYU as a legitimate football program. So 
he's elevated the status of of BYU. So I, I mean, I got to give him that. He also looks the part, right? He's got a lot of moxie about him. I kind of compare him to a Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield was a little bit more off the cuff and and ran his mouth a lot. I just think Wilson's got the flair like a Baker Mayfield, not so much the the jawing and, and the talking and the, the groin grabbing and stuff. But I think the Jets are going to go Zach Wilson here at number two. Number three, so picks number one and two, I think are I think those are the two easiest picks in the draft. I think that's that's pretty cut and dry. Three is where the chips really start to fall, and you're really going to see how this draft is going to go. So originally, the Miami Dolphins were here with the Houston Texans pick. They traded out, and the San Francisco 49ers catapulted all the way up from 12, and they traded three first-round picks to do it. This their, their number 12 pick to Miami, plus two future firsts. What does that tell you? It tells you they're going quarterback. You don't you don't trade up this high in the draft with guys like, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones out there. I mean, Zach Wilson could potentially be available. I doubt it, but it there's maybe like a five percent chance that that Zach Wilson is there at number three. You don't trade up unless you're taking one of these quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo has had a lot of injury history in San Francisco, and I think they want a fresh start to build around someone who can be elite. Not that Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not elite. He's good, but he's not elite. And given, you know, what Philly did with Carson Wentz, just traded him with, with all that cap hit and all that money, San Francisco, I think would be willing to do the same thing. And of course they're going to, if they're going to take a quarterback at three, I think the pick should be Justin Fields from Ohio state. Now, Fields is a little bit different than what Shanahan is used to in his type of offense. He's used to just a typical pocket passer with guys like Matt Ryan, of course, Garoppolo. Uh, Mac Jones, I think, would be an interesting pick here for the 49ers. I think it's, but I think it's a safe pick. Justin Fields, I think, just adds another dimension. Imagine Shanahan and his offensive creativity with Justin Fields. You can move the pocket around. You have George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, you know, Debo Samuel, and. Brandon Ayuk, I mean, that's that would be a, a really electric, electrifying offense. Not that Mac Jones couldn't be productive in an offense like that, but I think Mac Jones is very much a product of what was around him in Alabama. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, even though Waddle didn't play that much. Devontae Smith was always open. Best route runner in the draft, I think. I mean, that's I, I think Justin Fields should be the pick, but if it's Mac Jones, man, that would be a real head-scratcher. Number four... Atlanta Falcons is is interesting because, of course, they have Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan's locked up for another couple years, and the cap hit would uh, to get rid of him, cut him, or trade him would be massive. Now, Philly just proved it that it can be done, and it, it not matter too much with Carson Wentz. So I, I just don't envision the Falcons doing the same thing, though. I think they were going to sit on Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan's an MVP. He made it to a Super Bowl. He's good, and it's still he's only 35 and still has a, a couple good years left. However, they're still going to take a quarterback here at number four, because if you look further down the draft list, the Carolina Panthers are sitting there at number eight, and you don't want to let a guy like Trey Lance fall all the way down to number eight to the Panthers in division, and then have Trey Lance torch it for 10 or 15 years. You know what I'm saying? So I think the Falcons take Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is a little bit more of a project. He can sit for two years behind Matt Ryan. And if the Falcons are mediocre or bad, 
fans aren't going to be clamoring to hear or to see Trey Lance out on the field because he hasn't played that much at North Dakota State. So I think it really just allows Trey Lance that time to develop. You learn behind behind Matt Ryan, who's one of the the greats in the league right now, one of the greats of the game, similar to what Patrick Mahomes did. Patrick Mahomes, I think, was a little bit of of a project coming out of Texas Tech. You sat behind Alex Smith, one of the ultimate pros in our league at the time, and you see what Mahomes has done. Now, a lot of that is just Mahomes' God-gifted talent, but I think sitting behind Smith really helped. I don't know if Mahomes would be as successful if he was just thrown into the fire his first year. So Trey Lance going to the Falcons makes a lot of sense, and it prevents him from going in division a couple picks later to the Panthers. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. So Philadelphia was at number six, and the Dolphins at 12 traded back up to number six with the Eagles, and the Eagles moved out of the top 10. And the Eagles were presuming that the Bengals would take Jamar Chase, receiver from LSU at number five, to pair him back up with Joe Burrow, you know, former college teammates. I think this is just utterly stupid of the Eagles. If Joe Burrow hadn't have gotten hurt last year, hadn't have shredded his leg, I think the Bengals would be very much interested in drafting Jamar Chase and giving him a weapon and pairing him back up. But given the injury in just his first season, a pretty gruesome one, he's going to make a full recovery, thankfully. But given that injury, you got to protect your quarterback, man. And Joe Burrow, I think, is a special talent. So they got to go offensive line. And I think the the best offensive line product in the draft is Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, offensive tackle. They've already got one good offensive tackle, but then you can just push Slater on the other side, or you can put him in at guard. He can play either. So I And it's within their area, you know, Cincinnati, the Big Ten. They're going to be very familiar with that. Panay Sewell is another option, but I think Sewell is a little more raw, and he played in the Pac-12, which doesn't have fantastic pass rushers, so I think Slater would be the choice. But if it's Sewell, it doesn't really, uh, doesn't really matter all that much. It's... It's tomato-tomato, really. Now, number six, I mean, this would be the prime spot for Philadelphia to take a guy like Jamar Chase. I mean, it would be unbelievable, but they trade it out. So what does the Miami Dolphins do, or what do the Miami Dolphins do? Well, they need an offensive weapon for Tua Tagovailoa. They're going to put their arms around him, so they're going to go get Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. And you might be thinking, well, why would they do that? They have Mike Gesicki at at tight end. True and duly noted, but Kyle Pitts runs a 4-4 and you can line him up on the outside. You can put him anywhere on the offense. You can put him at tight end. You can put him at wide receiver. He is a more athletic, you know, Jimmy Graham. Like Jimmy Graham was really dominant in New Orleans for a while. People considered him a wide receiver. This is that guy. Just more athletic. And what better way to help your young quarterback develop than to get him a tight end that will catch the ball 80 to 85 times a year uh, a year, and, and really be a security blanket. To have Gesicki and Kyle Pitts, who you can throw anywhere, it's just perfect for the Dolphins. Number seven, the Lions. I mean, they, they need somebody on defense really bad, but the same could be said for skill positions on offense because they just brought in Jared Goff, lost Kenny Galladay in free agency, lost Marvin Jones, 
They have no one to throw the football to, and Jared Goff needs somebody. So this is where they take Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is the best receiver in the draft, the most NFL-ready physically. He's not the best route runner. I think Devontae Smith's the best route runner, but Jamar Chase is going to be someone that's going to be just fantastic. LSU receivers always do great. I mean, look at Justin Jefferson last year, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. Recent history with LSU wide receivers is terrific. And Jared Goff just needs needs one competent player to throw the football to, and it's it's going to have to be Jamar Chase. Although they desperately need someone on defense, but they're just going to have to make a sacrifice here. And I think this is the best choice for them in order to kind of hang. I know it's a rebuild, but they'll be able to hang in there with some teams offensively if they've got a clear cut a clear cut number one wide receiver. Number eight, the Carolina Panthers. Boy, would they have loved to have Trey Lance fall to them. But the Falcons, being the smart organization that they are, or at least I'm saying they're smart, they take him. I don't think the Panthers love Mac Jones. As a matter of, a matter of fact, I don't think really any team loves Mac Jones other than maybe the 49ers. And the 49ers could really ruin this for me. But according to me, Mac Jones is still available. I don't think the Panthers love him. I know they don't love Teddy Bridgewater, but I think they would rather just sit on Bridgewater and and go rebuild their offensive line. They tagged Taylor Moten. That was the number one objective of their offseason. They went out in free agency and signed offensive guard Pat Elfline to a three-year deal. So they've got one end of their offensive line secured, one part of their interior secured, Now they go get the other side of the offensive line taken care of and they go out and get Panay Sewell from Oregon. And I think Panay Sewell is arguably a top five prospect overall in the draft. But with the team needs and the quarterbacks out there, I think this is just one of these talented guys that's just going to fall a little bit. And so Sewell is going to go to the Panthers and be a really nice addition to that offensive line. And Matt Rule... Last year spent every draft pick on defense. He's going to have to spend a little bit more on offense here. So you go get Sewell. And then I think the Panthers, you know, if they aren't lucky enough to have a guy like Lance fall to them and they don't want Mac Jones, you could go out and trade for Sam Darnold. So that's an, that's an option there. And I think Darnold is an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. That could be the route that the Panthers go here. I know the Panthers also want Deshaun Watson, but like I said, he's kind of in a mess right now that we can't really, we don't really know much about. I think it's like up to 19 women now that Watson has allegedly sexually assaulted. So we'll stay away from that. But Panthers, bottom line, I think they'll take Panay Sewell if Trey Lance is off the board. Number nine, the Denver Broncos. This one is a tough pick because I I know they don't love Drew Locke at quarterback, but again, I don't think Mac Jones is the answer. I don't I don't think if John Elway can't get a guy like Lance or Fields or Wilson, then I think he'd rather sit on it. Defensively, outside of Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller, they have a ton of needs. But they went out and got Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller at corner. So I don't think they're going to get a corner like a Caleb Farley or a Patrick Sertain. So maybe they go get a guy in the middle like Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Extremely fast, very athletic. And in that division, 
the AFC West, you can cover Travis Kelsey with him. Maybe not very well, but you can you can put him on Travis Kelsey, put him on Darren Waller. That's going to be vital for the for the Broncos defense and Parsons will start as soon as he steps into the facility. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys absolutely have a need at corner. They let go of Chadobia Wuzier. They like Tray I like Trayvon Diggs. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I know they like Trayvon Diggs, who they drafted last year in the second round. So why not get his Alabama teammate, Patrick Sertain, and put him on the other side? That, I think, is going to solve some of the problems for the Cowboys in the secondary. They're still really young, you know, on the back end, at corner and at safety. But I think it's some good patchwork for now. And as those guys get better, that can actually be a pretty good secondary. So that rounds out the top 10 picks of my mock draft. The Cowboys picking Sertain, Patrick Sertain from Alabama at corner. Uh, In the next episode, I'm going to go picks 11 through 20. And then after that, I'll go 21 through 32. So 10, 10, and 12. We'll break this up into thirds here a little bit. And uh, yeah, so let me know what you think about my top 10 picks here in the NFL draft. Where did I miss? Where did I hit? Where do you agree or disagree? And I'll see you in the next episode for picks 11 through 20. This is WFS, an NFL draft edition of the Will Ford Show.